This podcast is not canon. It is not endorsed by Lucasfilm, The Story Group, Disney, Delray, Fantasy Flight, West End Games, or anyone else with actual stakes in Star Wars. Again, this podcast is not canon. Welcome to Of Dice and Droids, a Star Wars tabletop podcast brought to you by the Tashi Station Network. Join Brian, Nancy, Rocky, Sho, Saf, Jay, and Game Master Tom in their original campaign, The End of All Things. Episode 3, Under Pressure, begins now. to of dice and droids we are on episode three and the rebel team is back yay and uh just to reintroduce everyone i'm one of the players this round brian and we've got nancy hi and rocky hello and of course our indispensable game master tom hey everybody all right so tom uh as per usual i will turn things over to you Cool. Uh, awesome. So uh, there's two pieces of business we have to take care of before we actually start gaming tonight. Um, one is we should probably thank uh, whoever it is out in the ether that nominated us for a podcasting award after only two episodes. Yes. Um, yes thank you, anonymous strangers. Yes. Uh, we actually got nominated for two podcast awards, one for best adaptation slash fanfic and one for best gaming uh podcast which i actually think we probably fit better into the gaming category um if anyone feels so inclined as to vote for us you can uh, check out star wars podcast awards i think the uh the twitter handle on the site and uh vote for us i think through the beginning of march but uh, either way yeah beginning of march and super awesome and really surprising <laughs> that we'd be voted in for any sort of award um so that was awesome. So thanks, whoever whoever that was. I have no idea who it was, actually. That, that's just the kind of fun we provide. <laughs> so much fun, you'll nominate us for awards after two episodes. I guess so. I really, you know what, that ra really raises the bar, and I wasn't quite ready for that level of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. Um, the second thing we need to take care of tonight is... Um, well, you guys are going to be starting in combat, and we haven't actually gone over the rules of how combat works. Uh -oh. So we're going to take like one to two minutes to fully explain how combat works, and then we'll jump right in, and it'll kind of be a, a continuing to learn as we go. Well, this is good, um, because I also so, do not know combat in real life, so I'll be learning along with my character. <laughs> that's okay. Works in uh, the Star Wars RPG, the Fantasy Flight RPG for Star Wars, is um, very similar to how we, we were doing. Uh, anyway, you know, there's you will sort of build a dice pool, roll, and you want to get successes. Um, if you get triumphs, if you get some of those additional things, either really good things or really bad side effects can happen. But generally, if you want to hit someone, something, you just have to roll successes. So, Brian, good luck with that. Oh, great. <laughs> uh, if you guys look on your character sheets, um, you'll see that 
uh, and you guys have new swanky new character sheets, which have all of your skills right in the middle and all of your sort of numbers at the top. And then your actual weapons are on your probably your on your last page, Um, your very last page. Um, So. Uh, I'm looking at Brian's, but um, Nancy and Rocky, you guys have, you know, you have, sli- you all have slightly different equipment, slightly different weapons and stuff, but it's sort of all the same. So uh, the way it works is that um, you all have weapons that have different ratings and skills and do different amounts of damage. So Brian, you have a heavy blaster, which does seven damage. Great. Um, if you look on your first sheet, you'll see that under combat skills, there's something called ranged heavy or ranged light. That would be depending on what sort of blaster you might be using. Uh, there's also brawl. Uh, if you're just melee fighting, there's melee. Um, brawl is actually if you're not using weapon, you're just trying to punch people. And then, of course, there's stuff like lightsabers, which you guys don't have, so don't worry about that. <laughs> and so the way it works is you will build a dice pool using the abilities levels of those various skills. So, Brian, you would add three green dice if you were trying to fire a light blaster. You'd, you'd add a yellow and two green dice if you were trying to fight, fire a heavy blaster. If you succeed, you do damage equal to the rating of your weapon. So, again, Brian, you would do seven damage. Simple, simple. Um, Rocky, you, I believe, have twin blaster pistols. Um, you're awesome like that. Ooh. And uh, Nancy has yes. got a blaster pistol, and I believe you have like a, a shock uh, shock baton or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, you'll do some, you'll use melee as well as ranged light, things like that. Um, so that's all fine and good. You'll just sort of do standard rolls, and again, successes mean that you hit them. Awesome. Uh, you'll notice that on page one of all of your characters you guys have three numbers you have wounds you have strain and you have soak um we've gone over strain a little bit strain is just sort of like your mental uh awareness and a, a clarity so you suffer strain from like you know if uh, your character happened to get drunk you could suffer strain uh, it's sort of not physical damage it's like mental damage anxiety stress fear all of those things so we're looking at sure. jay in the last game <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Jay in episode two um, suffered some strain after uh, he was uh, enticed to uh, drink quite a lot in order to try to gain some information. Um, <laughs> your soak value, you can think of as your armor. So if someone tries to hit you, they have to exceed your soak value for you to actually take any damage. So Brian, I believe actually all your soak values are three. Simple mm-hmm. that way. So if someone tries to hit you with like a gaffy stick and they do five damage, you only take two damage because your soak mm-hmm. value, your armor, your natural toughness just sort of eats up some of it. And then your wounds is more or less your health. Um, if you ever cumulatively ga- uh, take on more than your wound score, you fall unconscious and or you gain a critical injury which could be everything from a minor shape to like losing a limb. Oh, um, this is Star Wars. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, it can get real in a, in a big hurry. Wow. Um, the only other thing you guys need to know for combat is that uh, when it's your turn in combat, you get to do an action and you get to do a maneuver. Um, a maneuver is like actually moving around, interacting with the environment, taking out a new weapon, you know, you know, tipping a, a table over so you can hide behind it, stuff like that. Um, an action is something a little grander. Generally, it's like firing a weapon, using a force ability, you know, throwing a grenade, things like that. Um, so 
that's it. That's the basics of how combat work. And there's some, you know, there's some uh, finer things. There's some exceptions to rules and stuff. But you know what? We'll take care of that stuff as it comes up. For now, let's get back to the action. Okay. <laughs> so here we go. Episode three, Under Pressure. And I have a crawl written here, but instead of reading it, though I am going <laughs> to read the first sentence, uh, instead of reading it, I'm going to ask you guys to fill me and the rest of our listeners in on what happened in episode one. So episode three is called Under Pressure. And the first line of the would-be crawl is, the plan had been going so well to this point. Um, and Brian, can you tell me what is sort of one big thing that happened in the first episode? How did this, how did we all, how did we, you know, how did we start to get to where we are? Uh, well, we uh, got this assignment from, uh, from One Wedge Antilles that sent us to Tatooine to try and get some speeder bike technology. And after embarrassing myself in a cantina, we wound up at this gathering of very fringy, very scary types. And uh, that, uh, and the gathering is uh, sponsored by the Huts. And um, if we don't behave, the bombs that are strapped under our tables will blow up. And... <laughs> Let's just say we're in a lot of trouble because a fight has broken out among the patrons at this event. Okay. And we've got a Twi'lek with an itchy trigger finger ready to blow us all up. Awesome. <laughs> uh, Nancy, can you tell me anything about any of the other individuals who are at the negotiation that has gone so wrong? Uh, anything you remember about that? Uh, oh, crap. I had... Oh yes, there was um there were there were some people with dark blue skin and red eyes. Um okay. there were several tables that were empty. Okay. Um and there was um there was people having an agitated discussion. Okay. Um Rocky, do you remember what caused the fight to start? Hmm. Thinking, thinking, thinking. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. It wasn't Brian. <laughs> for once, it wasn't me. I didn't do Just it. Just for once. Well, I seem to remember that my character was wondering how I ever fell in with this group of geniuses with the tables all rigged and wondering if anybody might recognize me, if there are Imperials around. Hmm. Wow, I just had a massive brain fart. <laughs> uh, it was that... It was that uh, that lady from that group that said they wanted back what was theirs. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It was... Stolen stuff. Somebody's always going to go, nope, just return it to me. It's totally mine. Mm -hmm. Totally. There you go. Um, and yes, you are correct, Brian. This is a group called the Karthak Group, and there was a... Um, uh, they were the group that um, you pointed out was sort of fighting with each other, um, mm -hmm. and they and claimed playing was stolen from them. And uh, sh so when the huts sort of just uh, you know waved it off, uh, one of them gla grabbed a blaster, uh, shot the like hollow of uh, the uh, the hut, and uh, basically started the brawl. And though, so that's where we are as we return <laughs> to the game 
Yeah. There are blaster bolts, uh, you know, and uh, blaster shots just sort of flying everywhere. Everyone has sort of ducked under their tables, um, which really isn't all that much cover considering you're now sitting, and I'm going to assume you guys ducked under your tables too. You guys are now sitting like nine inches above your head. There are about four thermal detonators just strapped to the bottom of the uh, of the table. Um, uh, you guys are hiding under the table and... Uh, one of the Twi'leks up on the stage has a data pad out, and it looks like she is preparing to uh, press the button that will cause all of the thermal detonators to go off. And, and go. Brian, what do you do? Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> um, do I have line of sight of a Twi'lek with the itchy trigger figure that wants to blow us up? You do. Actually, I'm going to drop into the group chat. I will put, there's a little hyperlink that should give you guys, um, this is sort of the map of what the cantina kind of looks like. Um, you guys are table three, so you're not that first row of tables right near the stage. You're the table in the second row on the far right, the circular one. And so, yeah, you do have line of sight to the stage um, a little bit of, you know, you have to sort of twist your body around a little bit, but you could absolutely uh, see that, see her. I, I think we need to take out the Twi'lek with the itchy trigger finger before she blows us all up. Okay, so I assume that you're going to shoot at her with your blaster. I'm going to make an attack with the blaster. Okay, so you have, as I said, so you have a heavy blaster, um, which your gun does have a stun setting. Um, in fact, I believe all the blasters that you guys have have stun settings, which means if you would show, so desire, you could swat, you could have your blaster only do non-lethal damage. Um, if you do that, it will require a maneuver for you to like, you know, flick it over to stun, and it reduces the effective range of the weapon. It means that you'd have to be relatively close to whoever you take a shot at um, for it to be effective. It's got a much smaller range if you're on stun than if you're just on standard. Does it uh, modify the difficulty of hitting the target at all? No, it okay. would just it would just restrict how far away you could be maximally. Mm. No, otherwise no. Okay, I'm gonna go a little cold blooded and just take the shot on the kilt setting. That's fine. So just take a shot. You are going to be using your heavy, uh, your he you know, ranged heavy combat skill. So Brian, for you that means one yellow die and two green dice. Um. And I'm going to say that you're actually at relative short range for this, so you only have to add one purple die to the dice pool. So effectively, you're the the difficulty level in attack, the opposed sort of dice that goes into the pool for an attack, generally speaking, is just purple dice for the, the level of range. Okay. Um, there are some modifications to that, but generally that's where we are. So when you are ready, Brian, go ahead and fire away with... Uh, Oh, sweet, merciful roll. force. <laughs> one success, one advantage. Ooh. I didn't. Yay. <laughs> didn't totally crit fail? I didn't totally crit fail the roll. One success, one advantage. Awesome. Okay. Looks good. Hmm. Why didn't I see that? That's very odd. Uh, uh, oh, did that not show up in your app? Uh, uh, no, no, it doesn't. Brian, uh, do it again. I, I, we're gonna, we're going to. Oh wait. Oh, no, no, never mind. I saw it. Sorry. 
Okay. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Sorry. I was on the wrong, uh, what's it called? I was uh, on the, the wrong screen there. Uh. <laughs> okay, so one success, one advantage. So you uh, successfully hit her. Um, now, you have an advantage. When you have advantage in um, battle, you can use that to activate special abilities that your weapon might have. Um, you can activate a sort of critical hit on it if you have enough advantages that would allow you to do sort of extra damage. Um, there's all sorts of things. You can recover strain, all sorts of stuff. Um, you, at the moment, you only have just one, um, you have only one advantage, so that's not really enough for you to do a whole lot with it, and you have, you don't have to recover any strange. So we're going to say that you sort of waste that because you can't really carry it over. Okay. Um, and you fire a blaster bolt dead center that hits her in the chest and knocks her backwards at the data pad she was holding flies out of her hand and like goes scattering across the stage, um, as she hits the ground. Um, and for the moment, she's not moving. Um, can't really tell if she was wearing any sort of protection covering under that, uh, uh, under her just vestments. Um, but it that shot definitely took her off her feet and it might have killed her. Um, <laughs> in immediate response, the uh, the male twi, like the guy who had been sort of leading the negotiation, uh, dives for the data pad and is sort of like crawling on the ground like under the blaster fire he's crawling towards this data pad trying to get to it it's probably about 10 or 15 feet away from him he'll probably reach it in the next like 15 seconds or so he's kind of being cautious trying not to get shot by any sort of errant blasters um rocky you're up next. yes um how far away am i from this data pad uh, you are probably, how far are you from the data pad? Like 30 feet, 40 feet. Hmm. It's also like on the stage, which is about four feet off the ground or so. Can I shoot the data pad? <laughs> uh, you could take a shot at it. Let me, let me take a look here. Um, it will probably be. Yeah, you can do it, um, sort of. <laughs> can I point frantically to shoot the other Twi'lek? <laughs> um, well, you said you wanted to shoot the data pad, so... Yes, oh because I make good choices. Oh yes. So, for you, this is going to be... Uh, da, 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 da. You are going to make a... Your dice pool is going to be one yellow, two green, two purple, and a black die. It's going to go so uh, wrong. Nancy, I can tell. if you would like to be the person who, uh, sure. Can you repeat the roll the roll again? Sure. Um, so it's going to be uh, two green, okay. a yellow. Okay. So that's for her blaster prowess. Mm -hmm. And then it's going to be two purple okay. and one black setback die because you're trying to hit something that's really small. Okay. I mean, the data pad, you know, is not really any bigger than the iPad, Rocky, that you're using. And you're trying to hit it from <laughs> 35 feet away. It's lying flat on the ground and you're sort of at an angle. So it's, it's a difficult shot, but let's see what happens. All right. Oh, it's uh -oh. the best bad idea I've had all day. Could All be. right, I'm rolling. Three, two, one, roll. 
Oh man, look Holy at that! Crap. Two successes. <laughs> and one really? How many failures? None. Yes. Two success, None. one advantage. Man, that means my actual role is going to suck. <laughs> so you're here. I know. Excellent job. So you uh, just pull out both your blasters and you just decide, like, look. You know, one shot, maybe, whatever. I'm just going to, like, unload my blaster pistols at this thing. And so you send a bunch of shots at it, and a couple of them uh, skitter off the, the side of the stage. One of them actually almost hits the Twi'lek, and he kind of slows down as he was getting close to it. But a couple of your shots uh, hit the data pad straight on, and it is sort of just obliterated. It's just like a smoldering mess of circuitry. Um so you you successfully uh, you successfully disabled the data pad. However, you've not you have not disabled the thermal detonators that are all still scattered around the room. Uh, yes. Oh no. Uh, uh. Meanwhile, uh, the a blaster bolt comes from somewhere behind you, Rocky. You're not quite uh. sure uh, because your back is turned. You're not quite sure uh, from what direction it came. And oh boy, um, <laughs> that doesn't sound good. All right, um, am I about to die? You are going to take five wounds, but because again you have a soak value of three because you're wearing a bit of armor, uh, you're only going to have to take two damage. So you should just mark down that you've taken two damage. Um, All right. Uh, however, um. You get to sort of immediately, like, uh, you get to immediately take a maneuver, which means that you can immediately take some form of movement or non-combat related action, like, immediately as a, as a reaction. So what, if anything, would you like to do? I am going to hide under a table. Okay. So uh, are you going to hide under your table, a different table? Remember, some of the tables around you are empty because some people didn't show up. I'm going to hide under an empty table. Okay. So I'm going to say, I really should have marked this map, but whatever. Uh, the table <laughs> just above you is empty. So I'm going to mm -hmm. say that you sort of knock that table over and you are hiding behind it. Yes. Good work. That was a good hand. <laughs> yep. yeah. um, Brian, also, there's a maneuver called aim, which basically just means instead of moving, you sort of take extra care and try to aim at something. Okay. That will allow you to get an extra boost die on your attack. Got it. Um, so, Brian, you are up. Um, the uh, the male Twi'lek is still uh, on the stage. He kind of seems trapped at the moment. He doesn't really seem to know what to do. Uh, he's fumbling around in his pocket for something. You're not really sure what it is, but he seems sort of a little paralyzed because he stopped moving when the data pad got exploded because that seemed like his next best idea. Um, you can see one of the Duros is lying dead on the ground. Uh, all of the Falling, the two Falling are still alive and their guards are sort of like huddled around them as they hide behind a table. It looks like their guards are just like almost on top of them will take the uh, blaster bolts for the Solistin and his droid um, 
the droid seems to be transmitting something. You can see like a little transmitter coming out the top that seems to be spinning. It looks like he's transmitting information or a message or some sort of communique with someone else. And the Solastin is sort of covering him with a, uh, a heavy repeating blaster that he's just sort of looks like he's just kind of spraying the tables with it. He doesn't really look like he's actually trying to hit anyone. It's more of a, like a deterrent from anyone shooting at him or getting close to him or his droid. And then there's just general other combat going on as anyone else who was in the cantina seems to have like, you know, pulled out a blaster dough behind the bar and is just returning fire at will. It's utter chaos. Okay. Now did we skip Nancy? Oh, sorry. I think so. <laughs> yes, we did. I'm sorry, Nancy. It's okay. It's okay. What do you do? I don't know. Damn. Um. Huh. Well, we're probably not going to have any chance of getting out of there alive if the one dude is just spraying blaster fire everywhere. So I think I want to try to... Do we like reaching into his pocket? Might still be uh, detonator. Don't tell me what to do, Brian. <laughs> don't tell me what to do. Um, I I want to stop. No time to discuss this in a committee. There is no time to discuss. <laughs> I am not committee. a committee. <laughs> I want to I, I want to stop the guy from firing everywhere, um, because he seems jumpy. Okay, um, how would you like to try to do that? Um, can I try to stun him? Let's see. You could try to stun him. You have a uh, quick fire blaster. Okay. Yeah, so you could try to stun him. So we'll say you use your maneuver to swap it over to stun. Okay. He's within the short range you need. So you are going to use ranged light, which is one yellow and two green. And yeah. you are going to use uh, uh, one purple die. Okay. Um, and actually, you're also going to have to use a setback die because you're sort of having to fire semi-blind because you can't risk just like popping out to fire at him because he's spraying everyone with a heavy repleting blaster. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right. So one of the black ones. Yep. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. Actually, basically, actually, the same exact. Same roll. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Two green, one yellow, one purple, one yeah. black. All right. Not the same. <laughs> Let's see what happens. There we go. Oh! oh! Four successes. Damn. Nice. Wow, that's all right. You guys are using up all the good rolls now. I know. I'm scared. Ugly. Given that we're in a blaster <laughs> fight early on, I'll take it. <laughs> that's good. Straight up ugly in a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Shit. All right. So you're using stun. So the way this works is that uh, instead of taking wounds, he takes strain. So again, he takes that sort of like mental, psychological damage and if you get up to someone's strain threshold, then they sort of fall unconscious and not really unconscious, but they're sort of demoralized to the point they can't really fight anymore. So you're not actually going to, you know, inflict actual pain on them, but fatigue enough that they can't fight anymore. Right. Um, so you uh, fire over the table uh, and the, you kind of hear the Solaston cry out a little bit as he's hit with the stun bolt. And for a few moments, the blaster fire stops, but then it picks up again as he's like trying to shake off the effects of being uh. stunned. Um, 
I mean, you, you could tell he's, you know, he seems like he's wearing some sort of armor and stuff. It probably wasn't going to just be one shot that was going to take him down. Um, at least not from your, your, your quick fire blaster is just above a holdout blaster. Diaz expertise isn't really in, uh, you know, in, uh, blasters and, and marksmanship. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I get good job. It's what I get for trying to be nice and not kill people. <laughs> Learn my lesson. Okay. So the uh, Twi'lek um, pulls out a small little uh, pulls out a small um, what's it called? A comlink out of his pocket and starts yelling into it but you can't really understand what he's saying. He's clearly relaying the fact that a fight is going on to somebody, but he's not, um, uh, it's, it's, you know, he's, it's too loud in there with all the blaster fire and the sound of like blaster bolts hitting off sides of the wall and the tables and stuff for you guys to hear it too clearly, but he's definitely informing someone there's a fight going on. Maybe he's calling for backup. Uh, you then watch him as he crawls over to check on the other Twi'lek and he sort of shakes her once or twice, but she's definitely been killed because um, she's completely unresponsive. Um, and his he, after one or two shakes, he sort of just gives up and actually tries to sort of like, hide behind her a little bit because the stage is pretty much open. There's nowhere for him to go really. Um, so he's kind of almost using her body as a, as a shield as grotesque as that sounds. Um, uh, a couple of the falling guards suddenly pick up their table um, and move forward about 10 feet towards the Sullustan, towards the Duros and towards basically in the direction of the bar. It looks like they're trying to like make their way that way and sort of push themselves out towards the doors of the cantina, which are on the Southern end. Uh, you guys are still, you know, trapped kind of in the, the Northeast corner of the bar. Uh, uh, and then you guys see, uh, you hear a bang and you all feel this shockwave as the table where the Duros was at. One of the thermal detonators goes off and it just like blows everyone back a little bit and the Duros is just completely obliterated. Uh, and there's now like a scorching, smoldering hole in the middle of the cantina. Um, luckily, he was far enough away from the other tables that his thermal detonator didn't cause any others to go off. Um, but it seems like it's only a matter of time before that happens with all the blaster fire just like raining around this cantina. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we are back to you guys. Um, one of the interesting things to take it out of game for a second. Uh, one of the interesting things about uh, the Star Wars RPG is that when it is the player's turn, you guys don't always have to go in the same order. So we went Brian, Rocky, Nancy, or, or yes, Brian, Rocky, Nancy. Um, you guys can actually go in whatever order suits you the best. Um, which is kind of a cool, nice thing. So uh, I will let you guys decide who's going to take what action and and when. Rocky, you're closest to the stage, right? I I don't know. Am I? I think I am. Yes. You moved up to a table that was closer to the stage. To All right. Point a gun at that. Get onto that stage and point a gun at that to where you can tell them not to kill, blow us all up. Well, let's see if I'm scary enough to do that. And then, um, Nancy, you go second, I'll go third. Okay. 
All right, so I'm going to have to, like, make a run for the stage while pointing a gun at this Twi'lek and convince the guy to not blow us up and not get shot myself in the process. Okay, that that sounds like a lot. All right, let's let's. So you're, (laughs) all right. So your maneuver, you're really taking two maneuvers here. Um, One maneuver is to sort of get up and run to the stage. The other maneuver is you're trying to intimidate this guy into, um, or coerce this guy basically into not blowing you all up. Um, So you're gonna make a coercion check. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be yellow and a green, mm-hmm. uh, and you're going to actually add a boost die. Uh, so Nancy, if you're, if you're doing all mm-hmm. the setups, okay. so a boost die, which is one of the little pale blue dice. Okay. Um, uh, the reason for this is that a, you're in the middle of a firefight and this guy has no, doesn't appear to have any weapons and is hiding behind a dead body. So he looks like he's freaked out enough that you think that ask telling him to do anything, just giving him like an order or direction will probably, yeah, probably <laughs> can be convincing enough, uh, mm-hmm. even without actually pointing a blaster at him. So you get a boost. Okay. This is going to be against one purple die but also a setback die because you are running away from cover and you are making yourself a target potentially um since you're literally jumping up onto the stage where you are like the most visible and and able to be blasted to bits go Um, brian hey if it works uh, it's gonna be really exciting yes so i have one green one purple one yellow one light blue and one black is that correct yes okay all right, here we go. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, two successes and a threat. Oh. Two successes and a threat. Okay. Hmm, um, interesting. Yes. Um, so you, uh, well, what do you say to him? Or what do you, what, what's your actual sort of act of coercion? Um,. Well, I'm pointing a gun at him. Okay. And <laughs> you don't want to kill us because I'm because I'm going to kill you instead. All right. So he um, he cowers behind. Uh, he's just sort of cowering on the floor, trying to make himself as small as possible, and raising up his hands and and uh, just uh, looks completely petrified. He stopped talking into the comlink, and he actually has dropped the comlink. Um, so he looks like he's not really doing anything other than trying to stay alive. Um, <laughs> however, you rushing up onto the stage causes like almost everyone in the room who's shooting to start shooting at you because <laughs> you're just like moving target. <laughs> well you sort done. of change the status quo. <laughs> uh, so you ha- you're forced to sort of dive onto the ground. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna suffer one strain, which is different from wound. You suffer one strain, so you should mark All that right. down. Um, so again, it's just some fatigue, anxiety, sort of. That. Um, <laughs> sort of. This didn't quite go as planned. Something like of, that. Exactly. It's our motto. Uh, she is now stuck, sort of on the, <laughs> relatively in the open. Uh, and you guys could see that she's now coming under heavy fire. Uh, from the rest of the cantina. <laughs> um. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. 
So the Twi'lek is still in play, correct? Yeah, he's he's alive. He's dropped his conlay. He looks really petrified. He doesn't. He's not doing anything. Uh, so if you're trying to assess him as a threat at the moment, I would say it's okay, pretty, pretty minimal. Well, I think we need to take out the people who are shooting at Rocky. Probably. Can those thermal detonators be removed from the table? I don't know. That's a good question, Brian. <laughs> Are you to ask the question? Well, it's your turn. Oh, can thermal detonators be removed from the tables? Um, you could probably try whether they could be removed without setting them off. <laughs> something you'd have course. to figure out. But yeah, it. I mean, they're they're sort of just stuck to the tables. They they look like they've just sort of just been you know attached to the tables. They're not you know part of the table necessarily. Okay. So yeah, presumably you could take okay. one of them off if you okay. wanted to. Okay, well who? Okay, so who is who has the most weapons right now of all the tables? Um, I mean, you guys have quite a few weapons. Right. The uh the 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 falling and the the people from Black Sun are sort of the largest contingent okay. of of cooperative group of people um the soliston has a heavy repeating blaster which is yeah. pretty impressive and not but he's only one dude um you know and then there's other people around the cantina with blasters but they're the they're the largest sort of like faction um if you'll remember the the individuals with the dark blue skin and red eyes left at the beginning of the the negotiation right. um the car group who started all this uh, looks like they've mostly just been cowering behind their table, firing off blasters a little bit to just try to keep everyone off them. But they don't actually seem to be um, too offensive. It looks like whatever the outburst was that started the fight was not really indicative of the group's uh, overall intentions or demeanor. Okay. Um, All right. I okay. So if the Thermal detonators can be triggered by shooting at them. I think I want to try to shoot at the Feline's table since they seem to be the biggest threat and try to blow them. Do I have line of sight of their? Do I have line of sight of their of their thermal detonators? (laughs) You do, um, because you're behind them. Okay. But I will tell you (laughs) that their table is close enough to you that if you set off their thermal detonator, there's a chance. That either you'll be caught in the blast or that the concussion from the blast of those detonators could set off yours. Damn it. Can, it's move a risk. can I shoot at the table closest to them and try to take them out as well? <laughs> you know, I'm glad I'm not the only one who makes decisions like this in the tabletops. I'm just trying uh, to help. Near them that might take them out. It's also near the Soliston. It's kind of the a table in the middle of the room Okay. that could take people out. Alright, well, either way, it'll be a distraction, so I'm going to do that. I'm going to try to set off one of the detonators and make everyone stop shooting at Rocky. And I'm making my peace <laughs> with the galaxy right now. Shut up. <laughs> okay. Um, as you guys are, as you're lining this shot up, you actually hear from the table where the Karthak group is, someone screaming like, stop shooting at each other! You're gonna blow everyone up! Stop shooting! Like, they're just trying to keep the peace and, like, calm people down, but it's it's not effective, sort of, at all. Uh, no one really seems to be uh, yeah. listening to them. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, I'm gonna shoot anyway. Okay. So, you're <laughs> shoot. Um, so you're not gonna move. I'm gonna assume that you're gonna try to aim this. So you're gonna get a boost die. Okay. You are. This is actually me farther away. So you're gonna take two purple dice as your um God. your basic opposition. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, and you are get a yellow and two green for your own uh for your own blaster. Okay. Um. And I'm actually going to say upgrade one of those purple die to a red die. Oh. Mm. Okay. So one was purple plus one red? So it's not two purple. It's one purple, one red. All right. Do I have a black one too? Or no, this time we're in? Uh, no. Okay. So I have two green, one purple, one yellow, one red, and one blue. Oh, this is worse than when I tried to flirt with B. Arthur. <laughs> Shut up. Is that, that's right, Tom? Yes, it is. All right. I can't look. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm rolling. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> what are the damages? <laughs> one success, one advantage, one despair. <laughs> That oh, sounds dear. scary. And then we all blow up. <laughs> hey, I told you I used all my good luck on Rocky. <laughs> this is going to hurt. Tom's calculating. This is not good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so... Can someone come scrape us all off the ceiling when this is done? Uh, you are successful in that you hit the thermal detonators on the table. Okay. So what's the bad news? What's the despair? Okay. So uh, amidst the screaming and the yelling for everyone to stop shooting because you're going to blow everyone up, uh, Dia Baron lines up a shot, fires at the nearby table. Um, instantly, the entire sort of room is just filled with... Uh, you guys all have the immense sensation of heat uh, and of... Uh, sort of an invisible sort of concussive wave just slamming into you. Um, oh. uh, Kira, you actually feel yourself be lifted off of your feet and thrown against the back of the cantina. And she's the furthest away! Um, and um, the last thing any of you like remember is this piercing like echoing sound of just like gnashing and uh, and like grinding really loud and then all of you pass out <laughs> oops and that's our game thanks for playing everyone. That's really good. No. Um, uh, hey at least this is exciting Brian please roll uh, one green die and one purple die and Nancy, please roll two green dice and two purple dice. I'm having you roll for Rocky, so I'm just combining your roll and her roll. Ah. I have a success. Or, well, I have advantage. Okay. Okay. So two green, two purple? Yep. All right. Oh, gosh. Oh, God. 
Tooth rat. Did oh, you explode again? Okay. I'm sorry. Because of that, you've now died twice. <laughs> You're like Buffy. Okay. Well, that is unexpected. Um. Well, okay. Uh, <laughs> what are we going to do here? Okay. We're going to start praying for a merciful game master. I told you guys, I really didn't prep a whole lot for this because you can't really prep when you don't know what's going to happen. So, <laughs> now that I know what's going to happen, uh, we're going to just make this up as we go. Okay. Um, so the three of you, uh, actually, no, no. Uh, Kira, you awake, uh, and the first sensation you have is you have a massive headache. Uh, <laughs> what did you drink? The, whatever your uh, whatever your strain threshold is, yeah. um, you have taken half of that cumulatively. Um, All right. Uh, you are um, so you have a massive headache. Second, you feel cold. Oh, and <laughs> you feel like wherever you are, it's really, really dark and your eyes really haven't adjusted. Wherever you are is like, it's cold and hard. Um, and it doesn't feel like you're still in the cantina. The ground and like wherever you are, you're lying on the ground somewhere. Uh, just doesn't feel like the stage of the cantina or something. It feels rocky. It feels sort of natural and earthen uh, or terran. Or, you know. Um did I uh, get captured? Uh, and for the moment, uh, Kira, you're sort of disoriented. Like I said, you can't really see really anything. Um, it's definitely dark wherever you are. Whether or not it's actually pitch black is, um, you know, you haven't you haven't been able to tell yet because again, you're sort of just opening your eyes. Um, but for the moment, you're alone. Um, do you do anything? <laughs> Um, I'm just trying to let my eyes adjust a little and figure out exactly where I am. Okay. So you don't, so you don't take any immediate action. Um, uh, no, my head hurts too much and I'm not entirely sure I can see. So no, I don't think I'm going to get up and run around. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, um, Lane, uh, you open your eyes and similarly you find yourself, uh, in pretty much complete darkness. Um, your head doesn't hurt. Uh, really all that much um, whatever your strain threshold is uh, actually I can see it it's 15 uh, you've taken five of that um, uh, your back is kind of sore um, you've taken uh, four wounds total um, but otherwise you feel okay ish um, and again you're not sure where you are at all um, great so I might be captured I might be totally screwed but at least I'm not concussed <laughs> yeah. Do you take uh, any immediate action? You know what? I think I'm just gonna <laughs> hold very still and hope I don't piss someone off. <laughs> okay. uh, and last but not least is um, uh, Dia. Mm -hmm. uh, Dia, you <laughs> open your eyes okay. and um, you don't really have that much of a headache. Um, you're the total strain you've taken is going to be uh, three. Um, you aren't all that injured. You take three cumulative wounds, but um, aside from the sort of utter darkness, you realize that your hands are bound. Um, of course they are. They're sort of bound together in front of you, and you can't you can't move them apart. Okay, of course they are. 
Um, so do you take any sort of immediate action? Um, I think this time I'm not going to. <laughs> I'll, okay. I'll, I'll play the safe route this time. All right. Well, I would like then each one of you to make a perception check okay. um, versus uh, two, uh, no, versus one purple die. Uh, however, um, in Kira's case, um, you need to add a setback die to that due to your sort of um, your <laughs> headache. Okay. So That's... each one of you can make a perception uh, roll. And Nancy, obviously, you can make a, a perception roll for, uh, for Rocky. Okay. Um, so, so you guys go ahead and do that. Um, so I'll roll two purple die and one black one. Uh, what was that? I'll re- I wrote roll two purple and one black. Uh, for Rocky. Yeah. Uh, you roll two purple, one black, um, two green, and one yellow. Two green and one yellow. Okay. All right. Two purple, one black. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I was across the room at my bookcase. No problem. <laughs> All right, I will go. Damn it. Okay, and I need to roll one yellow, one green, one purple, one black. Uh, just two purple. You don't have a. You don't need to roll any black. Though. Okay. Yay! Yay! Two successes. Okay, um, and then Nancy, you can roll for yourself for your own. Huh? Okay, so what and what's mine? Yours is it's uh, on your character. Uh, perception <laughs> skill is one yellow, one green, and two purple. One yellow, one green. Sorry. Oh, it's on my character sheet. Yeah, there's a uh, perception yep. line. Uh, okay. Yep. All, I'm I'm pulling all of this stuff off your character sheet. Okay. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Or at least it tells me what dice you guys get. It tells me your skill dice, and then I designate the number of purple dice or red dice or black. Okay. You know the, so the sort of yellow, opposition. Mm-hmm. One green, two purple. Yeah. Okay. White. Pur- purple. Oh, that's what you're uh, perception checking against. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right. I will go. Theoretically. Wow. Okay, that's a good roll. Okay, so um, Kira, despite your um, headache, <laughs> you realize that you're in some sort of like. I get your first instinct is some sort of like cave of some kind. It's definitely like a sort of rocky, uh, sort of dome-shaped structure. Um, there doesn't appear to be any um, immediate exit or immediate sort of uh, entry or exit way. Um, As your eyes are adjusting, you realize you're not alone. You can see the bodies of other people sort of spread around this room. Uh, Some of them are lying prone. Some of them are sort of sitting up. There's nobody standing. There's nobody moving around. You can see some people sort of, you know, kind of moving a little bit as your eyes adjust that there's definitely other people who are conscious um, but there's no one who's like walking around or doing anything Hmm. Um, and you you do notice your your compatriots are are with you Um, and Dia you you 
you notice that a your hands are definitely bound in some sort of like manacles mm-hmm. um and that you aren't alone and that there are sort of other people in here too okay hmm. well we've seen better days <laughs> great job you guys i still say this would not have happened if brian had hadn't failed and You guys also realize you have no idea what time of day it is or what day it is. Oh, that's good. Uh, That's right. You you have no idea how long you've been out. All this job suddenly got a lot more interesting than I bargained for. Mm -hmm. Okay, so are all of our hands... Everybody in the party has their hands bound. No, just Dia. Hmm. So they figured out she's pretty dangerous. Even though I'm the one who shot the data pad, she's the one who blew everything up. So let me guess. The guys who captured us might be the same guys who put the thermal detonators under the tables. Hmm. Possibility. So wait, are we are we all in different rooms or the same rooms? Nope, you're all in the same room. It's just okay. sort of like one giant okay. cavern-y thing. Uh, all right. I hesitate to call it a cell because, again, you don't see, like, bars and you don't really see, like... It doesn't really look like a cell. It It's big. It's huge. Um, now... And is everyone from the cantina in this cell? Or is it... Like, do we recognize the people? It's people from the cantina? Or is it other um, A lot of people sort of have their backs... A lot of the sort of... The, the bodies. They're all, you know, sort of humanoid, bipedal-looking things. Okay. Um, so... But uh, they all... Uh, a lot of them sort of have their backs to you and stuff. So you can't... Can't really tell... No one is really talking. You hear at least one person like over in like a far corner, like pr- as far away from you pretty much as you looks like you could get. There's some sort of like sobbing or crying. But um, other than that, there's not really a, a whole lot of no- other noise. So you, without talking or getting close to someone, you couldn't really you wouldn't be able to tell if there's uh, uh, if uh, wouldn't really be able to tell. Um, okay. There are no droids in here. Um, that I mean, what from what you can see, you don't see any droids. Okay. And are there any guards around, or people who might be guards? Or are we have doesn't look like it. Okay, so we've just been yeah. left to our own devices. Probably because they all assumed that we were going to be knocked out for a lot longer than we were. Yeah. Well. Obviously, we should try to get out. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go take a look at uh, the cuffs Diaz in. Um, does it look like there's any way? I actually, first of all, my inventory's been stripped, hasn't it? Weapons are gone. Um, your comlinks are gone, and yes all of you <laughs> looks like you've been stripped of your possessions um let's see uh lane you do not have your crash survival kit or your extra um power converters 
Um, <laughs> uh, Dia, you do not have your breath mask or your stim pack or your comlink. And Kira, you do not have your, your comlink, your electro binoculars. Um, you do still have your sort of pouch because it's just like a little satchel that like is part of your more or less part of your your dress. Um, mm-hmm. You do not have your blaster p- pistols. You do still have your brass knuckles. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're not totally unarmed. <laughs> But otherwise, yeah, um, you guys also haven't like they haven't like, like taken your clothes or anything, so your your <laughs> armor is still. Well, that's good. Yeah, still, still okay. As are wallowing wherever it is you are. Who has the highest uh, skill? And does anyone have a skill in like uh, picking locks or something like that? Uh, let's see. Whatever yeah. that would be. Whatever. Whatever that would be called. Skulldudgery, streetwise, <laughs> something like that, maybe? None of those things. None of those things. Cool. I think I already tried the, something silly like that. The, the Lando skill is not... Um, <laughs> so we Lando can't just charm... Oh, the, it helps in everything. We can't charm the manacles off. Okay. No. Have you ever tried that on a piece of machinery before you have to resort to intimidation? It works. Come on. Okay. Um, and there's no way I can pry those things off of Dia's hands, right? You couldn't. You you don't have the strength to just okay. pull them. Well, I mean, I don't necessarily have to get them off right now as long as we just figure out how to get out of there. Let's get out first. Then I'll, then I'll figure out what to do. Okay. So I'm... I'm going to stand up and I'm going to slowly walk towards the end of the cavern where the sobbing dude is. <laughs> Why? Why the sobbing dude? Because <laughs> he's the only person conscious. I. It sounds like he's the only person conscious enough I can talk to. All right. And I am going to kneel down next to him. And say, okay, calm down. Can you tell me where we are or what's going on here? Um, all right, so this is the crying, the sort of yes. sobbing individual? Yes. <laughs> okay. Why, why are we all laughing? Because I always have the worst ideas. You do. Nothing wrong with crying. Have um, any of us made a good choice yet today? I'm, no, I'm not crying. I'm not laughing at the crying dude. I'm laughing at Brian trying to talk to the crying dude. <laughs> okay. Um, so you get over to the individual who's crying. Um, he doesn't even seem to, uh, rec- you know, uh, take note of you or, or, or uh, acknowledge you as you approach. He's just sort of sitting um, up against um, a sort of lo- what looks like a large, just like rock, just uh, sitting there s- sobbing. And um, you walk up to him. He's sort of uh, like a bigger guy. Um, he's wearing like tatters. He's wearing like rags. Um, it kind of looks like he might've been in here for a while. Oh, great. Um, and, uh, he just sort of sobbing. And when you talk to him, he, um, he's, he sort of stops for a second and looks up at you. Um, and he's staring at you and, 
uh, he there's sort of no recognition from him. He just sort of stops and is looking at you and just um, immediately kind of just goes back to sobbing and he uh, is mumbling something about like um, his friend being killed. Um, and this guy just seems like completely, uh, completely distraught, um, just sort of sitting here in the semi darkness. Um, he's mumbling about, um, his friend being murdered and him, uh, you know, him should, you know, should have done something, should have saved him. Like, you know, I lost my friend. Um, uh, and he just doesn't seem all that interested, at least in answering your first question. He seems very distracted. Okay. Okay. I, let me help you with your friend. Can you tell me who killed him? Um, and he's he he looks around and it looks like he's trying to find the person who's responsible. He's he's looking around the best he can and um you're not even sure how well he could see like in this again, it's still pretty it's pretty dark in here. There's not really a very natural light source. Um there's a bit of light like filtering in from some cracks in the stone up near the ceiling and, and over on some of the walls, but it's very, very faint. And so it's, you know, more or less dark. And uh, he looks around and is just shaking his head. He doesn't see the person. Um, and he just said, it was, you know, it was one of the other prisoners and then they took him and I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And he's just, he's just distraught. He's really distraught about it. Um, he was like, he's, uh, completely messed up um uh, uh brian make a perception check okay that's a yellow and a green while he's doing that uh rocky or nancy are you the two of you going to do any, anything Oops, let me well, i'm kind that. of sitting up and like there. rubbing my head a little and just trying to figure out where i am and what our bad decisions have led us into this time. Okay. Um, as you, Brian, will get to your role in just a second. Um, as, uh, um, as you're sort of sitting up and trying to uh, get yourself oriented, um, someone comes up to you and asks if you're okay and asks if, if like you, um, like if your head's hurt or anything like that. And you immediately recognize her as being the woman from the Carthag group who started the fight. Um, she's the one who jumped up and like screamed about like the Carthag group, like never bowing to hut scum and uh, you know, firing the blaster. But she comes over and asks you if you're hurt. Um, and if you, you know, if you need assistance. Well, I'm going to play dumb and pretend I don't recognize her. She might be useful. And okay. Yeah, my head actually really does hurt. I don't know what happens. You have any idea? Um, so she immediately sort of kneels down next to you um, and indicates that you should sort of lie back and rest your head, kind of like she's she kneels down and sits kind of with her leg down in front of her, and she wants you to lay your head like kind of across where her knee is and lay back so that you're, um, you're almost prone, but so that she can sort of examine you. Um, and she waits to see if you do this. She's not forcing you to do it. She's she's just sort of indicating. Um, I'll go along with it because, hey, there was so much chaos in there that, hey, the chances are pretty good she might not recognize me. 
Okay. So she, um, so you do that, and she starts to sort of feel around the sides of your head. It looks like she's checking for um, like really intense bruises or maybe even like actual open wounds. Um, so she's sort of, you know, it's very. It's all of this is very gentle. You at no point do you feel like she's like trying to hurt you. You know, she's just sort of moving your head slightly left and right and up and down and just looking at your range of motion. Um, and she just starts to ask you simple questions about like, you know, what's the last thing you remember? And she holds up a couple of fingers. She's clearly just kind of going through um, some tests. And you kind of actually get the feeling that this woman has some med- has some sort of medical training, even if it's just like sort of basic field medicine, um, mm-hmm. because she seems like she's going through like a protocol. Um, it's not sort of random. Um, so you actually are going to recover, um, one strain, um, awesome. sort of helping out. So for the moment you recover one strain, um, and, um, what do you say to her when you, when she asks, what's the last thing you remember? Uh, you know, I remember something about someone was yelling about stop shooting and then, I don't know. I think everything blew up. What happened? Um, and she looks at you and says, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about the blowing up, but, uh, you know, I, I just, I can't help but feel like this is all my fault. Um, and she goes, I'm Trey. And she introduces herself as Trey. Oh, hmm. um, I'm going to say, well, hi, I'm Lex. I'm not cool. for my first name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So um, she just, you know, she sort of nods to you and goes back to, you know, just checking you out. Um, uh, Nancy, what is Dia doing? Um, I want to try to see if I recognize anyone else and who's with us. So I don't know if I can. Um, All right. So you're going to make another um, perception check. Okay. Um, This is... um, yeah, you're going to make another perception check. And... Perception plus... No, just going to be a straight-up perception check and just do one purple die as your, your opposition. Okay. So, green, um, yellow, you're now You're actively now trying to, like... Your eyes have adjusted enough that you're... And you're actively now trying to, like, profile each person to see who you recognize from the canteen. Okay. I get anything? All right. So you get net null, which just means oh, that everything okay. cancels everything out. Everything cancels so, out. Great. Uh, Great. Nobody, you know, it's still kind of hard for you to really tell, um, but you are pretty sure that the other members of the Karthak group are also in here, um, given that you know that this woman, Trey, who's treating um, treating uh, Kira, is, uh, uh, or Kira is, uh, is in there. Okay. Uh, it looks like one of the Duros is in here, but you were pretty sure both of them were dead. Um, so you don't know if maybe his the body of the Duros has just been deposited in here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, there are uh, one or two other people, but you don't recognize them. They could have just been in the cantina with you guys, but not necessarily part of the negotiation. You're not really not really sure. Okay. Um, you do not see the Solaston. Again, you don't see droids. Uh, you don't see any Falleen. Okay. Uh, so, Brian, let's come back to you. Um, yes, I made that perception check a little earlier. So, is that you with the one success and the three advantages? Yes. 
Um, so you um, are trying to get a better read on this guy, trying to figure out what the heck's going on with him, and you uh, you you sort of take note of what he's sitting next to. Uh, you thought it was a rock when you just kind of approached, because it was sort of just like blended in with the rest of the cavern. And again, it's pretty dark, so um, and you know detail is really hard from any distance but you realize that it's not sitting against a rock that he's actually sitting up against a giant creature that's lying completely inert oh son of a that's unfortunate um and uh you sort of take a half step back and you're looking up and actually sort of gawking at this this thing um and uh, the guy looks up at you and it's just like, they killed my friend. And he's, you realize now that he's actually patting the creature um, and that he's, he's, he's sort of patting and touching the creature as he says that. Um, and it's this giant monstrous looking creature um, that is just sort of lying there and not moving. There's no movement at all. You actually think it's, you know, it, mu- it must be dead. Something that big could not possibly sit that still. Um, and, uh, you're pretty sure even in the darkness that it's a dead rancor. Yeah. Is it Malachi? Oh, is it This is the saddest thing. I have a sad now. <laughs> How did we get ourselves into this? <laughs> oh. oh, what do I do with this? Um, <laughs> um, so I'm going to gamble and investigate this probably dead rancor a little more. Okay. Oh, <laughs> In what way? I, I want to see if maybe we can use its claws or teeth to break those uh handcuffs on dia um okay hmm. so um why don't you well okay so what kind of check would you like to make and what would you like to actually do oh man this is nuts um, yeah this whole thing is pretty nuts yeah <laughs> Oh, can I even do anything with this rancor? This very dead rancor. Wait a minute. Can't. Okay, I gotta think. Ah. Okay, when you see a dead ran, when you see a giant dead rancor, it kind of scrambles your brain a little. Um. You know what? I'm gonna have to stew on this rancor. I'm walking back to. <laughs> walking back to uh to kira jabbing a thumb over there and saying there's a dead rancor in here oh and it's you lady who started a fight and nearly got us all killed i face palm <sighs> uh, i'm gonna say that Trey looks up at you and just gives you a dirty look and is like well i'm not the one who tried to blow everyone up you're right that was a uh, dia <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> we're trying to we're trying to not get ourselves killed. Even though I know it doesn't look like that. 
Well, you know what? We are all in this together now. Yeah, can we just all... We're all Nobody's in this together in this now, place. so... Um, why don't you, uh, why don't you, uh, lady, tell me where the hell we are? <laughs> I don't know. We're sitting in the dark somewhere. <laughs> there you go. I'm Good just face palming. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm going to try and coerce an answer out of her. So I've got coercion here. Let him, at least it's not charm. <laughs> so I'm going to kneel down. Fire in my eyes, because I'm angry. <laughs> and I'm just going to repeat myself, what the hell is going on here? Oh my God. Okay. Um, so uh, do oh your coercion check, and to that you're going to add, um, you're going to actually add one purple die and one red die. Okay. It's mostly it's a mostly favorable dice pool. Uh-huh, sure. So a failure and three advantage. Great. Interesting. <laughs> um uh, so she just smirks at you and is like cute. Uh <laughs> Why don't you go ask your new friend? I'm sure he could tell you more than I could, since I don't know where the hell we are. Um, uh, but as she sort of rebukes you, a couple other people, as uh, you you recognize them as people who were part of her her table, uh, they come over and they're like, you know, they're they're trying to um, they come over and they um, they seem relatively sympathetic they seem to recognize that like maybe working you know trying to work out something together might be helpful but uh as each one of them sort of tries to semi raise a voice of concern or like hey you know maybe we could try to figure this out trey just turns to each of them and tells them to like go back to the corner they were hanging out in and then like not to associate with you guys uh, and they turn around and leave uh, well we did make this worse, didn't we? Well, if people are willing to help us and it's this tray person who's stopping everyone, maybe we should make sh- the tray person up. go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> or you can try threatening her this time. Hey, I'm bound. The only thing I can do is try to knock her out with my manacles. It's not the worst idea we've had today. I I should try to knock her out with manacles. <laughs> <laughs> or you could threaten to because she could still be helpful. Mm, maybe. Or I could just knock her out with my manacles. I really like Dia. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it's your turn then. So you want to try <laughs> to bludgeon her with your manacles. Yep. That's what I want to do. Okay. <laughs> Don't facepalm me. <laughs> no, Brian is. Oh, the GM never facepalms. <laughs> uh, so let's see. That means then you are actually going to be fighting unarmed. <laughs> uh, so that's Brawl, which is just two green dice. However, uh, I'm going to give you a boost die because you're actually, you're, you're effectively using a, um, an improvised weapon. Okay. In terms of 
the manacles and they they have some weight to them so you know um you get to use a, a blue die um and you are going to do this against uh three purple dice oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, no, no 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 two purple dice and a setback die right. so the black so the black one yes okay all right here we go <laughs> great <laughs> one threat one threat all right um so Describe what you tried. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so obviously I want to try to take her by surprise. So I come up behind her and just try to whack her up the side of the head. Okay. Um, you try to whack her up the side of the head, but at the last moment, she moves out of the way and then uh, kicks she like swings her leg around um, being sure not to let uh, Kiara's head like smash into the ground. She swings her leg around and sweeps your legs out from under you and you fall back to the ground. Uh, Your balance is off anyway because you're sort of bound. So you're, you know, you're not able to have like your, your full, your, your center of gravity is a little off because bound by the manacles, you're sort of forced to hunch over and keep your arms together. So you're sort of like not in the best position. Um, and your swing is a little wild since you have to use like a double axe handle club instead of like just a punch. Um, so you go tumbling back to the ground. Um, Nancy, I'm going to say you, you take two strain. Um, okay. Uh, and she just sort of chuffs at you and it's just like, don't do that again. You're wasting everyone's time. And I don't want to have to patch you up too. You're wasting everyone's time. <laughs> <laughs> Look, can we just concentrate on getting out of this hole? <laughs> Maybe it's time Kira says something because <laughs> the other two yep. people have just gotten into She's trouble. She's at least helping Kira, yep. Kira, so. Okay, so I think it's time I talk to Trey. Okay. So I'm, I'm just going to look up at her and say, okay, I guess my friends are kind of idiots, but look, we didn't know this was going to get bad. We just, we just want to all get out of this dark cave or hole or wherever we are. So can we at least not try to kill each other long enough to get everybody out of here? I'm not trying to kill anyone. I'm helping you. Your, your, your friend's the one who comes over here, tries to kill me with her, uh, with her handcuffs. Told you my friends are a little, I don't know it. I don't know. I'm starting to wonder about them. But can we work? I would start to wonder about them too. (laughs) Why are you even working with them? What do you what What are you guys even doing here? I don't know. They told me some kind of exploration thing or something. I have no idea, but I must have screwed up or something to get put with those two on a mission. Mission? What mission? I don't even know. They said their boss told us to come here, and they. I don't actually think they know what they're doing. Um, Trey turns away from (laughs) Kiara and uh, looks at Lane and looks at Dia and asks, who who the heck are you working for? You know, at this point, I'm starting to think honesty is the best way to go. Uh, 
And I look over at Trey and I say, Trey, <laughs> it doesn't matter who we are. All I want you to know is that I hate the huts as much as you do. I grew up on Narshada. I had to deal with hut slime every waking moment of my life. I've got as little love for them as you do, probably even less. So I'm sorry I yelled at you earlier, but why don't we work together, figure out how to get out of here, and stick it to the huts? I feel like we should have some inspirational music in the background. Uh, <laughs> Brian, why don't you make a charm? <laughs> ah, crap. God, help us all. Charm. Two, two green dice uh, versus two purple dice and one red die. Oh, great. <laughs> Whoa, I had too many dice in there. Yeah, you had a boost die and an extra purple. So that's two green, one purple, one red? Correct. Okay. Oh, come on! <laughs> Failure. It's not an option. It is for me, sister. <laughs> it's the only option. Um, she listens to your, you know, your sob story. Um <laughs> And just shakes her head and is like, cute story. I've been fighting people like the Huts my entire life. I've been fighting them since before you were, well, probably since before you were even born. So why don't you just answer the question and stop wasting my time? So she doesn't seem to have sort of taken to your, uh, your, your tale of like hatred for the Huts and of woe. <laughs> I look over at Kira. Mm -hmm. Oh, I see you've just, you know, not ignoring me for now. I see how it is. Dia, Go. would you like to do no! something? No! <laughs> <laughs> just lay on the ground. <laughs> so you've been fighting against people like the Huts, huh? Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. And worse. Okay. We're with the Rebel Alliance. Oh, God. I face palm again. <laughs> uh, her her sort of ear, you know, she sort of perks up and looks at you, Lane, uh, and looks at you, Dia, and then looks at you, Kiara, and then she just bursts out laughing. <laughs> goes, ah, the, Re the Rebel Alliance? Really? This, this, They're screwed. You, you're the best and the brightest? That's this way they got? <laughs> They're screwed. <laughs> if I ever get out of here, I'm going to find some competent people to work with. What's What's the Rebel Alliance doing? Trying trying to negotiate with the Huts? Don't mind him. He had too much to drink last night. <laughs> I I get a little quiet just so Trey can hear me. God, the Huts have speeder bike technology. That we need in our in the fight against the Empire. I know what the Huts have. They stole it from me and from us. And she sort of gestures to her to her her group over there. Um, I know what they have, and it's not she yours. And you're not taking it back to the Rebel Alliance. And I don't care what you need it for. 
the property of the Carfac Group, and we will share it or sell it to whomever we deem fit once we take it back from the hut scum who stole it from us. So if we were to help you get it back, yeah, does that stand us a chance of maybe getting some access to it if you decide we're not total idiots? Well, I doubt that I'm going to decide you're not total idiots, but yeah, I, I suppose that's possible. So help. I, I want to know more about the Carthac group and where they, who are, you know, who they're fighting against and what their cause is. Am I likely cause. to know anything about them? Um, yeah. I mean, you what you were able to recall from this is from from last like what you're able to recall when you first heard the name was that um, you guys know the Carthac group is a um, kind of like a mercantile organization um, that. Uh, has been operating since the Clone Wars, um, mm, okay. and and since you know since around the time of the Clone Wars, that they operate in, um, you know they'll they'll do sort of shipping jobs. They do sort of some smuggling. They they don't ever, at least their reputation is that they never approach the level of sort of criminality and ruthlessness that groups like the Huts and groups like um, Black Sun ever did which is one of the reasons why they're not probably one of the more preeminent um, sort of uh, import-export organizations in the galaxy mm -hmm. because they sort of have a, a level of uh, a sort of moral code that they won't go beyond, which meant that they were more easily squeezed by the Empire and weren't really able to uh, carve out enough sort of uh, reputation and power that the Empire would have sort of left them alone. Um, but that's really all you know. Uh, mm -hmm. You don't know too much about like specific groups of people they've worked with or specific areas that they're involved with or even what they might have been doing during the Clone Wars and beyond. Like You're not okay. really sure. Well, all right. if they've been a mercantile group for that long, would, yes. would they have been a group that would have suffered uh, some losses or just generally not doing as well under the empire or would they have um, benefited from that sort of thing? Uh, there would have been opportunities for them, especially early on when the, the galaxy was just in such chaos at the, near the tail end of the clone wars and during the, the empire's rise. Um, but you know, because anyone who would have needed access to certain resources that were cut off through normal channels would have turned to them perhaps, or, you know, people who needed to get like smuggled off a planet or something like that, that would have been a group that would have helped people out. Okay. Um, but since the empire sort of rise to full power and control over the galaxy, it's likely that they've, you know, probably suffered more than they've gained. Maybe we should try to use that to our advantage and say, you know, listen, you know, if, if we don't push our advantage and get rid of the Empire, Palpatine's gonna, you know, come after groups like you and you're gonna suffer. Are you actually saying that or are you pondering saying that? Well, I want to say something that sounds better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All up to you then. Um, just say say listen you know we were no friends of the huts we're no friends of the empire and 
we will, we can try to help each other. We have resources to help us get your tech back. If you'll work with us and help us get us out of here. Because right now you can either trust us, you can trust the likes of Black Sun. It seems like our interests are a little more uh, in sync than others here. She looks around. She's like, I don't see any members of Black Sun here. Um, she's <laughs> like mumbling it. Um, Doesn't mean they're not here and or she, nearby. She kind of huffs a bit. She kind of huffs a bit at that word trust. Um, <laughs> she goes, you don't even you don't even know what that word even means. You have no idea. Trust. Um, and she kind of sort of chuffs at it. Uh, but she, she, hasn't, she hasn't really given you an answer. But before she can say anything more, you guys hear the sort of uh, grinding of stone. Uh, and you hear, you feel a slight shaking. And suddenly, from above you, probably a good 40, 50 feet straight above you, uh, a ton of light starts to cascade down into the cavern. Uh, And you see the ceiling sort of start to part a little bit. uh, And it opens up probably to, uh, you know, probably opens up about like 10 feet wide. Um, and you can see silhouettes of uh, a couple of uh, humanoid-looking creatures, though, again, against the brilliant light now cascading in, you can't make out any features, uh, seem to be looking down into this pit that you guys seem to now be in. Um, and uh, you guys hear something, and a couple feet away from you, something like hits the ground, um and it's some sort of like there's a big like bag or sack that just like smacks into the ground uh next to you uh and then you hear uh, a bunch of laughing including some rather deep rather like uh weirdly warbly laughter uh and then the crack in the ceiling begins to just close up again i can feel my blood boiling I think I... I know that laugh. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I figured out where we were. That was right. Okay. Uh, I make oh. a beeline towards the bag and grab it. The bag explodes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. The bag <laughs> so trusting. Um... I, uh, no. So you rush over to the bag and open it, and it looks like there's, like, some stale bread, some stale quick breads, and, like, it looks like just some other basic provisions. There looks to be a couple of canteens. Um, it just looks like they're, like, feeding you guys. They're just keeping you alive or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, there's nothing else it looks like in the bag. It looks like there's a couple of canteens, there's some containers with the quick bread. There's the bag itself, which is just a sort of like, you know, the equivalent of a Star Wars burlap sack, basically. <laughs> um, that's about it. There's really not. There's nothing else in the um, in the bag. So they're feeding us to keep us alive. 
Yep. There's a dead Rancor over there. Oh, crap. We are in a lot of trouble. You act like that's weird. <sighs> I look back towards Trey. Okay. And I say, okay. Are we going to work together or not? Um, she shrugs her shoulders. She gets up, comes and takes some of the bread from you uh, or from the bag and uh, brings it over to her group of people. Um, and then she sits back down next to Kira um, with a little bit more of the bread and some of the water and is sharing it with her um, yeah. or offers to share it with her if she wants it. Uh, um, and yeah, she's just shrugging her shoulders at you and uh, is like, well, we'll see. Uh, working together is one thing. Trust <laughs> Trust one. is something else. Trust is earned. Well, why don't you give us a chance to earn your trust? But you got to agree to work with us. She says, all right, find a way out of here. Then maybe Challenge I'll tell you about accepted. the technology a bit more. All right, then. All right. We need to start trying to find a way out of there. Obviously. Yep. Other... Can we explore more of the room? Sure you can. And Do try to want. try to find some sort of doorway or window or anything that could be an ex exit or entrance? Guys, guys. That guy that's sobbing over there I think he can help us, but we got to get him calmed down. Okay. Uh, okay, then. Hope you're better at calming people down than you are at brilliant <laughs> ideas. <laughs> well, why don't you do the talking this time? Do I really look like the nice type? Maybe he's not very nice either. <sighs> so does. All right. So who mm. wants to play the nurturer? Because that guy could use it. I'm really bad at that. I'll go try to talk to him. Okay, Dia, I'll go with you. All right, let's go. So we go over yeah, and... We... <laughs> <laughs> so we'll go over and try to talk to the sobbing person. Okay. I like... So, uh... <laughs> See... Uh, you know, I'll just say, "Hey, are you are you are you okay? What's what's the matter?" And try to just try to get him to talk to me. Um, and uh, as you um, as you do that, as you just sort of walk over and again, you it's a similar approach to what to what Lane tried. He's just sitting there, and he's just like lost my friend, and it's awful. Like could, I should have been able to save him, and they killed him, and then they they took the murder away, and I can't. I don't know. He just he's have he seems to have trouble just like putting words together, um, okay. you know, putting coherent words together. Um, 
and he uh, he's just sort of like lying back against the body of this rancor, um, just just distraught. Say, well, you know, listen, um... your your friend here, your friend wouldn't want you to keep wallowing in despair like this. Your friend would want you to move on. It's what your friend would have wanted. To go adopt another friend from the shelter. To go adopt another <laughs> friend from the shelter. <laughs> but in order to do what your friend wants most, you have to get out of here. Do you know how to get out of here? <laughs> I'm talking to Malakili like he's a three-year-old. <laughs> And I'm just still sitting in the corner face palming. <laughs> um, he is sort of looking around and he points up. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, he says, you, you can't, you can only get out of here. You can only get out of here that way. Um, and he points to the wall, a section of the wall that looks like there's like a ton of rubble and stuff that's been piled over. Um, and he explains um, he goes after I lost my friend. We, 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 we this up, uh, boarded it up to, to, cause I, I, I didn't want them to, I didn't want them to, to feed the body to a, a crate dragon. I heard, I heard, I heard them talking about that. I didn't want them to be able to get to my friend. Uh, so we, we, we covered, we covered up the entrance. Um, so he seems to indicate that at some point there was another like way out of this cavern, but it's since been like just covered over by rubble and all sorts of debris and, and pieces of bone and stuff like that. Well, it looks like we have some work to do then. And you look up and you realize that it's as, as, uh, as wide open as the, the sort of the stones at the ceiling could probably be parted. It probably wouldn't be big enough to actually lift the body of the rancor out. Um, so by doing, by covering up the other part, he's effectively created a tomb for the rancor. Oh, he sealed himself in the rancor in the tomb. That's tragic. Yeah, it's tragic, but it. I mean, he didn't say that. It but. doesn't help us because we're still stuck here. Okay, I can promise you, no one is going to feed your friend to a crate dragon. Is there any way we can move this debris and get out? Uh, he looks up at you. And he seems distracted. He just says... I'd never seen a rancor before. I, I'd heard of them, but I never, I never, I never dreamed that I, that I'd be lucky enough to actually see one. And, and, and he, he just, he sort of just, just starts talking about the rancor, just starts talking about like training the rancor and taking God. care of it. Help us all. Um, and just he, not really talking about 
he's not really focused on the questions you're asking him. Hey, 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 what's your name? Uh, uh, ma- um, uh, hey, Okay, Malakili. Rancors are pretty great, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Malakili, tell you what. I, I, I know it's so hard to have lost your friend here, but if you can help us out of here, I can do something great for you. Have you ever heard... Of Dathomir. Oh, God. <sighs> Dathomir? Rancors roam free there, my friend. I can get you there. God, this is the most terrible thing. <laughs> face palm, face palm, face palm. But you gotta help us out of here. If you can help us out, I will book you transport to Dathomir. <laughs> Such a liar. Are you telling the truth? <laughs> That's not him asking. It's, this is a, a You know what? I'm feeling altruistic, and we got those 30,000 credits that uh, are now... Those, those aren't your 30,000. <laughs> okay, you know what? Those 30,000 credits is, to which is an ends to a means, and this is to get us out of here so we can get that text. So yes, I'm telling the truth. I will get him on a transport to Dathomir. Oh my god. Okay. Um, you're going to make a charm check, <laughs> uh, but you're going to, you're going to get a boost die, uh, because you are trying to charm him specifically related to his interests. Okay. Rancors. And that's offset by, um, uh, purple dice. Okay. Oh boy. Two success and three advantage. Wow. Oh god. Wow. Did we find our good roll? I, I think I I think I found my good roll. Um so uh Matakili looks uh at Lane um and then he turns and looks at the the sort of body of the rancor, um, and he gets up and gives you a huge sort of bear hug, uh, and he smells awful. Clearly <laughs> <laughs> not. Uh, uh, is that going to be strain? Bathed <laughs> uh, or showered in, in quite a lot of time. He gives you a giant hug, um, and he um, uh, he tells you that that you know he. He is sort of trying to sort of talk through his emotion, uh, and he, he explains that he's not totally sure that such a wonderful place like that would exist. Oh, God. He's, he's willing to help you to sort of take the chance that it does and that you'll get him there. Um, and uh, he... Uh, um, he explains that... Uh, you guys were dropped there uh, about probably about a day or a day or a half day and a half ago. Um, and that you are, um, you were dropped there about a day, day and a half ago. The, uh, whoever dropped you here or the, the, 
the the huts basically um he you know he's pretty sure that it's the remainder of the hut clan who, who dropped you there since they've taken over the palace um uh he explains that you were dropped here and that he heard as you were being you know each person was being put into the pit he heard some of the discussion heard that you guys are being held here until um until zertok the hut actually arrives and that then there's going to be some sort of like additional like meeting he's not sure of the details of it um but that the instructions until then are that they're supposed to like keep you all like fed and hydrated and like actually in as good a condition as possible um until Zerkatok arrives um as for actually escaping or getting out he doesn't really have any ideas it took um it took him and Girin. uh he mentioned someone named Girin. um it he says it took them uh two weeks to like wall up the the entrance um so he's not really sure how you might actually unwall it up um And then he just kind of shrugs. So we're trapped until the meeting. The only way out is up. Unless we can somehow move that wall. Great talk, Malakili. Great talk. Only way out is up, huh? Any chance any of us have some rope or something like that? I don't know. Um, no, you don't really seem to have any of your... Uh... Nothing useful. <laughs> yeah, you don't have any possessions other than your brass knuckles. What if we wait for this meeting and negotiate our way out then? <laughs> that would go so well. <laughs> <laughs> told you guys I don't make good choices in, in tabletops <laughs> um does anyone else have any things in there nope uh, my inventory has been stripped uh, yeah. anyone else we can go talk to uh I mean Trey is still there there's other members of the Carthrack group there's just a couple other people who are just sort of milling about but um no one else has like no one else has like sort of volunteered themselves for anything. Can we go back to Trey with the new info we have from Malakili? Uh, sure. To what end? Um. Well, if she has no idea where they are or what they're do or you know what's going on, maybe if we fill in the gaps in her knowledge, she'll be able to connect some dots for us. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Just, you know. So we go over there and we relay to Trey exactly what Malakili told us. Okay. Um, all right, so you explain. And she is very quiet during your explanation. It's definitely taking it all in. And she sort of nods and says, well, it makes, makes sense that we're at the palace. Um, it's where they held the... Uh, the the pre-negotiation um uh the pre-negotiation of ball uh the night before um 
uh, the the gathering to sort of kick off the negotiations, the 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 good faith gathering, and she sort of spits at the ground as she says this. Um, um, she says, "But it it seems like uh, that." You know, it seems a positive if they're told to keep us fed and uh, and keep us healthy and alive. It, you know, given the state of the the huts at the moment, it doesn't really seem like Zertok or the rest of the huts would uh, would sort of waste time with some petty prisoners if all they intended to do was just kill us when he got here. Um, so she seems to think that it's actually some sort of boon or positive that they're supposed to keep you alive for some sort of meeting. Um, I mean, that is a good point. Yeah. Do we, so, do we want to just so wait? I'm going to ask Trey flat out. Is our best option to just wait and play nice until this meeting starts? Um, she... She shakes her head pretty vigorously, no. And she says, no, we need to get out of here as soon as we can. We don't have that kind of time. Okay. By the looks of it, our only exit is up. That wall over there was sealed in by our blubbering rancor keeper over here. Unless you got some idea how we can magically fly upwards to get out of here. We're, we don't have much of a choice but to wait here. So maybe we should open up the floor to some other folks in here and see if they've got any ideas. She's like, well, whatever it is you do, you better figure it out quickly because we need to get out of here. We do not have time to wait around for some meeting. Why? And she seems pretty like, we, well, earnest about it. I want to know why. What does she know that's going to happen? Because we need to get back what the huts stole from us, and we don't have time to wait around before they sell it off, or sell them off, or give it all, give it away to somebody else. Trey, we can get your plans back even after they sell it, if we're quick enough after the sale. So let's be honest here. Your plan isn't the most important thing right now. Staying alive to the next step is. I look over to Dia and I look over to Dia. Do we stay? Well, no. Why are you asking me? I look over to Kiara and say, what do you think? Uh, give me a few more minutes to make my head feel like it's not exploding, and then let's get out of here. I don't really think we should stick around, I, but we've got a little work to do on getting out of here. All right. So while I'm getting my head back in order to come up with a not-stupid plan to get us out of here, maybe? All right. So kind of just do some more... In- you know, reconnaissance and rest up and look, we do not have time for that <laughs> because that like it's not then, seems... okay, then what are your plans to get out of here? Since you're the one who yeah. wants to get out of here so quickly, you decide. Yeah. I don't have a plan. That's what you're for, Miss Rebel Alliance, swooping in here to save the day. Nice job so far. Oh, and what have you done? 
other than, you know, You're in the start a firefight in a room full of thermal detonators. Yeah, because I came back to, to, to save, to rescue, uh, to, to, to rescue uh, what have been, what have been you, kidnapped <laughs> and taken from us. And you are now here in this pit with the rest of us doing nothing. So that went very well. Put it this way. We're all screwed. And if we don't start working together, we're going to be screwed for a long time. So what are your plans to get out of here? I don't have one. Oh, brilliant. Great. We We can't just we can't just wait around for a meeting. So we can't wait around. But you have no way to get out of here. They won't last that long. We can't wait around that long. Well, start thinking that. <laughs> you got it. You got to figure out a way to let to get them to let us out early. To to get them to, I don't know, hold the meeting earlier or, or I don't know, bargain or, or or something because because I, they're just. They, they can't sell them away. They can't if if they sell them away, then 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 we'll never be able to rescue them. And this is this has all been for nothing. Okay, so if we want to get out of here early, one of us need, should act like we're really horribly injured or sick or something, so they have to get us out of here in order to get a doctor or something, right? We could try the that. Worst idea ever. The bar's pretty low for the worst idea. Well, Trey, I don't see you coming up with any ideas, so... They seem really intent on keeping us alive, so they'll open up that ceiling if they have to do something to make sure one of us doesn't die. What if we start a fight with each other? (laughs) Another face palm. (laughs) You know, you might be onto something. If we make enough of commotion, they might come they and might see what's up. They might just open up. I like this plan. All right, then. Start screaming. Don't I've heard worse actually hurt anyone. So, I look to my right. I see some sad sap just standing there. And I deck him. <laughs> Wait, who did you... What? what? Who did you punch? <laughs> Closest person to me. Oh, God. Okay, we're one, we don't actually want to hurt people. We just want to create the air of commotion. So I just start screaming at the top of my lungs. And I am annoyed with Brian or with, with Lane messing everything up, so I try to club him upside the head. Okay. <laughs> so Lane turns and just hauls off and decks some poor woman. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, in response to that, like a couple of people like try to take some swings at um at him, including uh, you. Um, <laughs> do I have to make uh, a Do I have to make um, a check against Dia? <laughs> no, uh, Dia. I need you to make a check. Uh, just a straight up, um, a straight up uh, brawl check. Okay. You're, again, you're just sort of trying to hit him with your manacles. Okay. So that's um, the same roll as before. Yes. Okay. So I've got, let's see, two green, two purple, and one blue, one black, right? Um, no, this is, this is actually just going to be two green, two purple, and a black. Okay. All right. 
Oh. <laughs> Two successes, <sighs> th- three threats. Okay. Um, so you actually go to hit him, but um, you miss because um, Malakili steps in front of him and grabs <laughs> your arm, and it simultaneously like bats your arm away, and oh. you sort of kind of spin off, and you don't hit him because again you're still manacled, so you don't have a ton of control, and he's able to just sort of guide you away. Um, Malakili. Kaylee also then turns and punches the other person who was trying to get to Lane and roars oh. really loudly. Um, Lane made a friend. My friend. Oh, um, Lane, you made a friend. A single tear rolls down my cheek. Trey sort of turns to her compatriots and, you know, gestures to them to sort of follow along with you guys. And you all start screaming and yelling. And some people still just keep trying to punch each other. And like Malakili starts punching some people. And like you guys have incited a sort of brawl. Um, and the top doors of the pit begin to open. And they open about 10 to 15 feet. And a, um, a chain extends about halfway down. And a uh um a well, what is it? yeah i'd say a male twi'lek starts to um pull himself down the chain like it looks like he's just climbing down the chain of it to get a better look at what's going on and he um kind of looks down and around at the sort of brawl and the screaming <gasps> and the wailing that's going on um and he then looks up and says something in Hatis. Um, so none of you are able to discern exactly what he said. And he climbs back up the chain. Um, and the uh, doors start to close a little bit more. They close until they're only about five feet wide. And then simultaneously, seven ropes drop all the way to the floor where you guys are, um, and you very loud drums. Um, <laughs> and Trey turns, uh, Kiara, you're still sort of on the ground. Trey mm-hmm. leans over and says, as soon as we get up there, we need to get out of here. We don't have time. They won't last much longer. Oh, my God. And that, my friends, is where we have to end. Oh, I love oh. it. <laughs> Yay! Ooh, now I want to know. <laughs> oh, that was great. I think I made a friend. <laughs> <laughs> or at least not an enemy and not a Rancor Keeper. <laughs> I'm so happy to have my Rancor Keeper friend now. Uh, well, Tom, once again, that was excellent. Uh, before we go, we can uh, go around Brian, the horn. Don't, don't. don't. Don't 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 get emotionally attached, Brian. That's just one more thing you could lose. <laughs> okay. So you guys did make friends with Malakili from Return <laughs> of the Jedi. <laughs> it's super sad and walled himself off in the tomb of the oh, Dead Mind Corps. That was one of the questions I got right on the cruise. That mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker murdered. <laughs> it, he was forced to because of Jabba. By the way, I, I'm not going to say you guys should, but you guys definitely missed a few other little things in some of the dialogue I was using. You might want to go back and re-listen to. Ah, okay. Ah, okay. 
Hmm. There's some stuff there. Um, Excellent. Yes, but uh, our next episode will be back with our um, mercenary friends, uh, <laughs> Seth, Show, and Jay, um, and they will be attending a ball at Jabba's Palace. <laughs> our prisoners at Jabba's Palace the day after there was a ball at Jabba's Palace. So we'll see how the timelines. There could be some yeah. crossover fun. Now I'm, yeah. Ooh. I'm excited now. <laughs> so, uh, yes. So we will, uh, we'll, we'll see where that goes. Um, and hopefully that'll be sometime around the end of the month. We'll figure that out though. Um, Awesome. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and go around the horn. Uh, tell us where we can find yeah. you all on Twitter. Uh, Nancy? Uh, I'm at Nancy Pants. It's Nancy with an I. Uh, Rocky? I am at Lady Darth Kytus. Uh Tom? Uh, at Darth Internus, I-N-T-E-R-N-O-U-S, and also all the Delray Star Wars social media stuff. Awesome, and I'm uh, Lane Winry, L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E-E. Thanks for joining us on another episode. We'll catch you all next time. Bye. So long. See you, everybody. Have a good one. This podcast is still not canon. For more information about the campaign and Star Wars tabletop RPGs, visit Tashi-Station.net.